Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here helping everyone do better, including especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show, or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. I am caffeinated, and I'm going to be really transparent with you guys. It has already been a rough week. Um, a story I've been working on for the better part of two months just got axed. Um... And we'll talk about it probably in a later episode, but suffice it to say that I would like to remind all editors, uh, hi, this is Whitney, uh, a black woman, a person who has lived as a black person all her life, um, that black people are more than our trauma. Um, And while we can discuss, you know, certain black, you know, issues that involve pain and trauma, we are more than our trauma. And so all of our stories can't be just trauma based. Um, some of our stories are solution based. Some of our stories are resiliency based. Some of our stories are joy and love and hope and kindness based, you know, stuff, you know, like the human experience because black people are humans. We're not just for trauma porn. Um, after having a incredible powwow impromptu powwow with my my friends, shout out to them. They're the most amazing group of women I've ever met in my life. And I am grateful, grateful, so grateful to be part of that group. Um, after having a, a great powwow with them this morning, um, I feel re-energized and revitalized. Because let me tell you, last night I was tossing and turning all night long. I didn't get to sleep till like 1 in the morning, which if you know me, that's extraordinarily late. Um. And I was tossing and turning because I was so upset. I've been so upset. Um, and then, yeah, now I feel, I feel a lot more, I feel a lot, I feel reassured that what I did was the right thing by standing up for my story and saying, hey, you know, we've been working on this for a few months. Um, and while we do have some, some bits of, of trauma in this individual story, some bits of pain in this individual story. Most of it is resiliency. Most of it is solutions. And I think that's more of what we need, not just, oh my gosh, this was such a painful thing. Just, you know, which is important, but also saying like, hey, here's how we can avoid this painful thing or here's how we overcome this painful thing. I think those stories matter too. Um, They're a continuation of the story. We don't just stop at pain. So, uh, my next mission is to take this piece that I have worked so hard for and, um, so hard on rather, and that so many people have contributed to and figure out what to do with it. Um, like my husband said, like my friend said, like this could be, this could be a win-win. This could be opportunity to excel. This could be opportunity for bigger and better things. So onward and upward, we have had our time to mourn. We have had our time to be upset. Um, but now is the time where we rethink and re-strategize. So, yeah. Thank you guys for letting me vent. (laughs) This was also an impromptu vent session. Um, thank you for letting me get that out. Um, I'll probably end up journaling about it too. Uh, shout out to, uh, to journaling, to mental health and to talking out our issues instead of carrying it around all sad. Um, but yeah, let's talk. Let's do this episode. Before we dive into this episode, let's talk about last week's episode. Uh, not yay again, because Kanye is the gift that nobody wanted. Um, 
that keeps on giving uh, turmoil, destruction, and frustration. Uh, we talked about Kanye's uh, anti-Semitic mark- remarks and why more people were moved about the anti-Semitism as opposed to the anti-Black hatred. Um, yeah, we dove into that um, because both are wrong. Both are wrong. But it's very interesting at who was yelling at the black community for not standing up and for speaking about it, um, about the anti-Semitism when those same individuals were not speaking up about the anti-black racism. Very interesting, very telling. Um, So you can go ahead and listen to last week's episode. This week, we have a whole lot to talk about. Yes, I know. I know. He's on here again. I don't want to talk about him. I'm just going to be really transparent. I'm so sick of this man. He's on here again. I'm less focused on him. I'm more focused on the the damage that he is doing. Um, and, and, you know, it's F around and find out season. I don't know if y'all heard. It's F around and find out season. And certain folks are F'ing around and finding out. So let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into these church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. All right, folks, let's get into these church announcements at the top of the docket. I want to say the name of Brittany Griner. Uh, yesterday was her birthday. She should be home celebrating with her family. She shouldn't still be in a Russian prison. Um, for folks who are unaware, Brittany Griner is a women's uh, basketball player who, unfortunately, because of the way we treat women's sports in this country, um, w- felt compelled to play sports in Russia um, on her way back, I believe, or either to, it doesn't matter. She was in transit in Russia. She was caught with a weed oil cartridge, medicinal weed oil cartridge. Uh, marijuana is illegal in Russia, so that's a crime. you got to face the time for the crime. All right. She was sentenced to nine years in prison where she could be sent to a labor camp. There's no part of me that doesn't think that she's being held as a political pawn um, as an American citizen during Russia's invasion of the Ukraine as a political pawn Um, because there are folks who have had that same charge and they were sentenced to two to three months in Russian prison. Nine years, almost a damn decade for a cartridge, an empty cartridge. Mm-mm. That don't seem right, no matter where you go. Um, especially when you have folks who previously, for the same issue, are being held two to three months. So we speak Brittany Griner's name. I know that the United States is, quote unquote, trying to do everything that they can to help. Uh, but I don't see enough action. I don't see enough action to bring an American citizen home. Um, it doesn't help that Brittany Griner is a black LGBTQ woman. Um, that does not help. Um, it doesn't seem like the Russian government is too kind to people in either one of those groups. 
So my prayers and my thoughts are immediately to Brittany and then to her family and friends um, in this really devastating time. Like, I can't even imagine what they're going through. I can't even imagine what she's going through. Um, so we speak Brittany Griner's name always, always, always until she is back home safe in the arms of those who love her. So moving along. All right. We got to talk about it. So there's a podcast. It's very popular. I've never actually listened to it. I'm just going to be transparent and honest. I've never actually listened to it, but it's extremely popular called Drink Champs. Uh, this is a show that is hosted by Noriega. Noriega, um, currently known as Nori, um, former rapper, current cu- cultural commentator, I guess. He teased across his social media that there was going to be this massive interview with Kanye West. Massive, huge, we're going to break the internet. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, and so I'm expecting, oh, okay, well, maybe somebody is finally going to hold Kanye to task. Got to rehydrate. Um, maybe someone's going to finally hold Kanye to task. Maybe someone is finally going to call Kanye on his nonsense. Maybe somebody's going to finally get with him in a way that only a friend can in a public, in a public setting, because clearly private ain't working, you know, clearly private ain't working. Um, and that did not happen. That did not happen. If anything, this very popular show, which is hosted by Revolt TV, that's a black network. This is a black show further platformed Kanye's anti-blackness. Kanye decided to open his mouth and speak about a lot of things, a lot of the same things that he's been speaking about before, but also he decided to add an addition to it because he recently was seen on the red carpet of Candace Owens's uh, new documentary, The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, I believe. And I don't, I didn't watch it. I don't know what it's about. I'm not going to watch it. I will not support that woman, but in her own self-hate and anti-blackness but I will say this I will say that Kanye took whatever he saw and made it into law in his own mind and he spoke out about George Floyd which a big portion of that documentary was centered around Um, he spoke about Floyd on the podcast and he made continue to make more anti-semitic comments he made a statement about George Floyd um, that was that has been proven to be false. Um, he carried on the fentanyl lie that George Floyd had fentanyl in his system. And because he had fentanyl in his system, he was going to die anyway. That Derek Chauvin, the person who literally kneeled on this man's neck for the better part of almost 10 minutes in 2020, um, Kanye said it wasn't even it wasn't he wasn't even on his neck like that even though we all watched the video y'all watched the video I did not watch the video I cannot watch Black Death I simply cannot but for those who watched it y'all know y'all know y'all saw this man kneeled on this man's neck basically it was a public lynching and we all saw it we all saw it um or experienced it rather and he went unchallenged for a long time by nori and uh his co-host dj efn this is a problem (laughs) this is a massive 
problem. These huge platforms, these huge shows continuing to give Kanye a platform to say his terrible things. It just keeps confirming to him that he can and that he has safe spaces to say these awful things. I just saw in the news that he's also going to buy Parler, which is a essentially a white supremacist app. Um, oh, he's in talks to buy it, um, allegedly. Uh, because he got kicked off of Instagram and Twitter because of because of this this terrible comments that he was making terrible comments that he's making and it goes beyond just wearing a white lives matter shirt it goes beyond you know some of the goofy stuff he's saying like anti-semitism anti-blackness and now speaking out uh, with using white supremacist talking points about a man that we all watched and saw die in state-sponsored violence like that using a lie that has already been deep debunked multiple times by multiple people Kanye no I don't even want to talk to Kanye Nori what are y'all doing what are y'all doing so according to Vulture because I told you it's F around to find out season according to Vulture the family of George Floyd plans to sue the rapper formerly known as Kanye West for falsely claiming that Floyd was killed by fentanyl and not police brutality according to a press release Roxy Washington the mother of George Floyd's daughter will file a 250 million dollar lawsuit against Ye for harassment misappropriation defamation and inflict infliction of emotional distress as of today, as of this recording, that suit has been filed. And I pray they get every single penny. Every single penny. Kanye needs to learn how Alex Jones learned. You're going to say crazy stuff. You're going to say defamatory stuff. You're going to F around and find out. Kanye is about to find out like Alex Jones did. Like that horrible woman. Um, God, what's her name? That Tasha woman that was saying all those terrible things about Cardi B and the woman who was being harassed by Nicki Minaj and her husband, her who her husband actually sexually assaulted. It's insane. Like people think that they can just come out and say whatever they want, carte blanche, and no one's going to check them and no one's going, there's not, not going to be any repercussions. I got news for you. That's not true. And for every advocate that says, oh, well, this is an, this is an infringement upon his free speech. Let's talk about free speech. Free speech, the term free speech comes from the first amendment that says that the government, Congress specifically, shall make no rule that will infringe upon people speaking out against the government, people speaking critically against the government. That means the government cannot punish you for saying that whoever is in charge sucks or you know there's a better way that we can do this the government cannot come out against you but if you think you truly have free speech go to an airport and scream bomb do it go ahead go to your job and start saying a bunch of slurs in the middle of your job go ahead go ahead try it see it if you really think that you have free speech see here's the problem Y'all think that free speech means free of consequences. That's not it. That's not true. That's not even accurate in any society, any society anywhere, especially not here. No, 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 no. Actions have consequences, positive or negative. 
okay? Free speech does not mean that you have the freedom to simply say what you want without consequence. Because if you come in my house and you say something bad about my mom, I have the right to kick you out. That's a consequence. If you come in my house and say something bad about my family, I have the right to kick you out. That is a consequence. If you start going on a slur-filled rant at your job and they fire you, that's a consequence. If you go on your social me- social media where you have millions of followers and then choose to have just terrible comments about whomever, like awful things, and that's connected to your job or just on social media in general, you say these terrible, awful things that may or may not be true and it, it, it does damage, they can remove you and that's a consequence. I think that folks really do need to read this constitution that they keep wanting to throw in the face. Well, I have free speech. I have this, I have that. You don't have anything. (laughs) You don't have what you think you have. Let me say that. You have something. You don't have what you think you have. Kanye is not free to simply say whatever he wants. He's doing damage to this family. He's doing harm to this family. This family that he also just last year gave $2 million to for Gianna's college fund. What a flip-flop. So in the previous year, it was okay to donate money to George Floyd's daughter's college fund, but he died of fentanyl. Like, what is it? Is it Uchiwali or is it one Mike? For those who get that reference, high five. Um, What is it, yay? What is it? Yeah, so after this video comes out, after, before, but before all the lawsuits started, the video was removed. Like, literally the day after. Um, And people feel a way about it. They're like, oh, again, more free speech. This is infringing upon people's rights. It's not infringing upon anybody's rights. Like, you don't have a right to have, you don't have a right to have a platform on these social media apps. You don't have a right to that. This is not a, a utility. These are social media apps made by private companies, which is funny because a certain demographic wants to push the narrative of, oh, these are private companies when it comes to folks taking rights away from folks or not rights, but taking privileges away from folks like the LGBTQ couple who decides to go in to a certain business and have their wedding cake made by them. And the wedding cake people say, yeah, I don't believe in your marriage. I don't believe in your union. So we don't have to make your cake. People are, people are really happy to say, well, that's a private business. They can choose to do that. Or if somebody comes in with a hijab and y'all want to be like, Oh no, we don't, we don't do this. We don't do that. Um, and refuse to serve this person. Yes, that's also discrimination. That Both of those are discrimination. Uh, but y'all want to say, oh, it's a private business. They could choose to do whatever they want. Well, Twitter is a private business. And they can choose to do whatever they want. Instagram is a private business. And they can choose to do whatever they want. And so forth. Yay, after round and found out. And now he's got to deal with this $20, $250 million lawsuit. And I'm looking at the family of George Floyd and saying, great, wonderful. Yes, get yay. But also, there's a, there's another, there's a few other people that you can get. Candace should be on that list. Candace Owens needs to be on that list for making a whole documentary filled with lies, filled with white supremacist lies. Um, 
so yeah, this is a massive failure for for Drink Champs, for their platform, for Revolt TV, who hosts their content. This is a massive failing. And you know it's bad when the the literal day after you produce this content, you have to not only take it down, but start your apology tour. And that's what Nori's doing right now. He's on his apology tour after, quote unquote, we're going to break the internet. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Now you're on your apology tour because you don't want to get sued because you don't want to lose your show. See, and last week, folks were saying, Kanye was being censored because according to the Hollywood reporter, Maverick Carter, who in collaboration with LeBron James has created a show called the shop. They had Kanye listed on the show, but previously before all this white lives matter stuff, all this other stuff, they had him slated to come and speak. Right. So all this stuff happens, but they still have Kanye on the, on the slate to come speak. So he comes and speaks and the shop decides, Hey, we can't produce this. We can't post this. We can't share this. And so Maverick Carter, um, who was present at the time of the recording, because LeBron James was not, said, we have a zero tolerance for hate speech of any kind and will never allow our channels to be used to promote hate. He also said, yesterday we taped a video I'm sorry, yesterday we taped an episode of The Shop with Kanye West. Kanye was booked weeks ago after talking with Kanye directly the day before we taped. We believed he was capable of a respectful discussion and he was ready to address all of his recent comments. Unfortunately, he used The Shop to reiterate more hate speech and extremely dangerous stereotypes. Revolt TV and Drink Champs should have followed suit of the shop because at this point, Revolt TV and Drink Champs, the damage has been done. The video is out. And once you put something on the internet, it's there forever. Whether you take the videos down or not, somebody has recorded it. Somebody has screen shared it. Somebody has the clips, which I keep seeing all over, all over Twitter. Like... It's out there forever. Once you post it, it's out forever. It can be found no matter what. So you taking it down, no one, no one's going to give you a cookie. No one's going to give you a high five for doing what should have already been done. You should have never produced. You should have never aired this. You should have never aired this. And now you too can be, can F around and find out because y'all wanted the views you want it to be seen. You want it to, quote, quote, like you said, break the internet. As if your show wasn't already successful enough. As if you weren't already getting enough views and clicks and likes and shares. You have irreparably damaged your brand. And now you have to go on this massive apology tour in which you're not going to get some folks back. And that's unfortunate. Kanye West is destructive. He is destructive. Everywhere he goes, it's destruction. Kind of like the people that he idolizes, which we could talk about later. Kind of like the people that he idolizes. But Ye is, is destructive. And for every platform that gives him a space to speak, you are doing nothing but playing into that destruction. You are complicit. You are a part of it. 
nothing else to be said. All right, let's talk about Killer Mike and Brian Kemp. So y'all know there's a there's a there's a governor's race going on in Georgia. It is round two of Stacey Abrams versus Brian Kemp in the first round. Stacey Abrams lost literally by by hand like not that many votes. Not that many votes at all. And it's not fair because Brian Kemp was also there was some there was some interesting placements where Brian Kemp was where he shouldn't have been in this election if we were truly running a race filled with integrity we we weren't we're clearly not running a race filled with integrity um because Brian Kemp was over the election that he was also running in but it's round two things have been put out there Stacy has done a lot of work to turn that state blue not Stacy on her own but Stacy and a coalition of incredible people who have done the work to get Georgia to blue. And I'm not saying blue is perfect because the blue has problem with it, with it too, but it doesn't have the glaring problems that the red does. Anyway. So Brian Kemp apparently met up with killer Mike. And according to news one in a recent episode of comedy central's hell of a week with Charlemagne, the God um, killer Mike, who was a member of the run, the jewels, a uh, group rap group I guess um, I told you I'm a nerd I don't be paying attention to these things praised Brian Kemp for quote running an effective campaign because Brian Kemp quote went all went to an all black boys school that ran I'm sorry that's ran by a conservative black man in Albany Georgia so according to Killer Mike, because Brian Kemp went to take some pictures at an all-black school that's run by a conservative black man, Brian Kemp is running a better race than Stacey Abrams. Killer Mike, do you have anything, like, consequential outside of a, a, a photo op? Now, this is supposed to be the voice of Georgia. Like, people are supposed to be, like, people really listen to Killer Mike. People really follow Killer Mike. Killer Mike is supposed to be this voice of of Georgians, of black Georgians. And he's sitting here praising a man who is literally taking rights away, voting rights away from his own people, from Killer Mike's own people um, and making it illegal to pass out water and to make sure people don't have to stand in line for hours and hours simply to cast a vote. And he's literally making it difficult for people who look like Killer Mike to vote. He's literally striking people off the record for them to vote. And here's Killer Mike praising him for quote unquote running an effective campaign for a photo op? For a photo op, bro? Are we sure? <sighs> he said that he believes that Stacey Abrams isn't doing enough. And when he means enough, I guess he means enough of the She's not doing enough photo ops. She's doing, you know, actual campaigning work, actually talking to people, actually being in communities, actually seeing what black, what Georgians, not just black Georgians, but what Georgians want and how she can effectively assist them in that. Uh, back to the News One article. In fact, Abrams, who is currently achieving the daunting task of being a black woman running in a neck and neck gubernatorial race for the second time against a conservative white incumbent in a historically red state addressed the idea that she's lacking support from black voters. I think 
the manufactured crisis is designed to suppress turnout. This is what Stacy said. I've done more than 50 events in the black community. Abram said during an appearance on Fox News on Sunday, according to The Hill, I am excited about the turnout we're seeing. I'm excited about the engagement that we're seeing. I know, however, every election cycle that there's going to be some worry. And in this case, the worry is being manufactured. I believe she's absolutely correct. Killer Mike is I don't know why Killer Mike is doing this. That check must have been real good. Whatever Brian Kemp gave Killer Mike must have been delicious for him to suddenly turn around and talk about that Brian Kemp, who is literally taking rights away from Killer Mike's own people, making it more difficult for people who look like Killer Mike to vote, is running a more effective race than Stacey Abrams, who has literally done 50 over 50 different events up until now of this recording um, and who is fighting to get those rights to make sure that every Georgian has the right to vote. Speaking of Georgians, did y'all see that Raphael Warnock, uh, Herschel Walker debate? Apparently there was two. One Herschel Walker decided not to show up to, which was advisable. Um, but the first one, apparently Herschel Walker had props. He had a little, little cop badge. Um, he, 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 he said some things that were, you know, very ill-informed and very, very wrong. Um, but here we are, boys and girls. Uh, Raphael Warnock shined through as the the qualified candidate, although there were some parts of that debate where I was concerned because on the on the right, they don't really don't care about like lies and inaccuracies and all that type of stuff like that. They don't really care about that type of stuff. Um, on the left, we're more, sometimes we get lost in the sauce of, instead of trying to be accurate, we're trying not to offend. And I don't think that that's going to win anyone over like, yes, true. Absolutely. Don't offend people, but also tell people the truth, tell people what's going on, tell people what's happening. Um, and I feel like Raphael was kind of walking on eggshells a bit, um, uh, that could be that could just be my perception my own perception um this wasn't the ball like he clearly won Raphael Warnock won that first debate the second ba- debate Herschel didn't show up so clearly there's only one winner if the other team doesn't show up um I just I wish that it was a more knocking the ball out of the park sort of thing and not just a uh okay um, because Warnock is clearly more prepared. He is clearly the better candidate. He clearly cares about Georgia. He is clearly the more integrity-filled cl- uh, client, Jesus, a uh, candidate. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, What else happened? What else happened? Did y'all see Usher singing to Issa Rae during his show? <laughs> This went around on Instagram and I thought it was the cutest thing. And it was, it was so cute. It made me blush. Like I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cute. Usher decided during his, um, Las Vegas residency at his show during the, um, at the park MGM on October 15th. So a few days ago that he was just going to serenade Issa Rae, just serenade her, serenade her. She's right there. We're going to sing. Uh, and 
yeah, my face. Like, I think I smiled. I think I was smiling harder than she was because I was just so, it was just so sweet. Anytime I see Issa Rae, I just want to cheer for her. Like, from, like, from starting as a, a content creator at Awkward, you know, her show Awkward Black Girl to now she's a, she's in her mogul era, era and we, we love to see it. We stand to see it. She's just, she's incredible. She's an incredible person and I am just immensely, truly immensely proud of her. Wait, but before we, before we switch, um, did y'all see Val Dennings <laughs> and Mark Rubio, I believe? Yes, Mark Rubio. Val Dennings, uh, uh, she, um, so there was a, uh, there was another debate and, uh, I can't even say. I can't even say what happened, but it was, it was truly black mama energy that I can only, that I can only play for you. And so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I have no choice. I have to literally just play this for you because when I heard it, I was like, I know the Senator look, and and I'm really disappointed in you, Marco Rubio, because I don't, I think there was a time when you did not lie in order to win. I don't know what happened to you. You know that is not true. My first term in in the United States House, I passed legislation to help law enforcement officers with mental health programs. Your first term in the Senate, you voted to turn Medicare into, basically to abolish it, and then turn it into an underfunded voucher program and then you gave the biggest tax break to the richest of the rich and said you'd pay for it with cuts to social security and medicare when i tell you black mama energy the way she turned and looked at him and said you there was a time where you didn't have to lie to win and he looked down at his little feet it was truly that black mama i'm disappointed in you energy it is soul shattering, soul shattering. And to see, <laughs> to see it be politicized. <gasps> Ooh, wow. Poor Marco. He just, he, um, he had, he had, um, he had no chance. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. These debates, these debates are intense. These debates are rough. Holy smokes. Um, but yeah, that's that for that's that for the church announcements. Um Yeah, let's get to the wrap up rant and blacks in the deep end. All right, let's get to this wrap up rant and blacks in the deep end. First up, let's tear somebody up. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was minding my own business scrolling on the Twitter feeds and I see a flurry of tweets from a certain person named Alexandra M. Hunt at Hunt for Change, who is actually a congressional candidate in my state. I'm frustrated because Alexandra decided to tweet a bunch of things, citing the Washington Post's recent info that says nearly, quote, nearly a third of men under the age of 30 have not had sex. And that a higher percentage (laughs) do not have as much sex as they like. The thread essentially reads as, if if you want to go ahead and look at it, you can go ahead and look at it. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can go ahead and look at it. It reads as, quote, men need more sex or society will crumble. That's what the whole thread reads as. She finishes 
the thread with a tweet that says, quote, we should be moving towards a right to sex. That's right. You heard it. A right to sex. People should be able to have sex when they feel like they want to. And we need to develop services that meet people's needs without attaching the baggage of shame or criminalization. So let's talk about sex. Currently in this country, sex work is not only demonized and looked down upon, but in certain places it is also deemed illegal. And what this right to sex would be telling these sex workers who put their lives and their bodies, sometimes their own health, certainly their mental health at risk for their clients is that they don't, they wouldn't have any say in who they would have to have sex with because it would be a right to sex. And that if they were to perform these acts and services, they are essentially paid sex slaves because they wouldn't have a right to tell the person no, or I'm not interested or, you know, for whatever reason, whatever, what have you. This is not a revolutionary thing, Alexandra. This is continuation of rape culture. (laughs) No one has a right to anyone's body, period, the end. No one has a right to anyone's body. And if a person feels as horny as they need to feel or they're they're made to feel, there are stores and shops that sell devices, um, lubricants, all manner of things um, in which one can solve their own problems if they are feeling feeling a certain way. But what we're we're not going to do is prepare a bunch of bodies for people who either have not had sex or not having as much sex as they want. Um, this is, this is not, this is not, you know, I'm, I want to go get a pedicure. I want to go get, you know, my hair done. This is you're, you no, just no, <laughs> this is not those things. Um, so I really want Alexandra to rethink this as of this recording, these tweets are still up. If I were her, I would have never tweeted this, but also I would have probably taken him down uh, because she's going viral for all of the wrong reasons. All right, let's talk about good things. Let's talk about good things. So I'm going to butcher this name, but you guys know this actor. His name is Mm. Dijman Hansu. I hope I said that correctly um, because I want to honor this man. Um, He's a West African actor who is a currently launching a new initiative to keep African-Americans connected to their roots, according to Yahoo uh, reports. Sorry, Yahoo News. In an interview with the Washington Post, Hansu reflected on when he played in 1997 Steven Spielberg's Amistad, um, and he learned more about the history of the African people and the extent of the slave trade. He announced his own foundation, the Dijman Hansu Foundation, which also coincides with the day, the international day of the abolition of slavery. He announced it um, before the pandemic, which, you know, the pandemic has a tendency of slowing things down, but here we are a few years later and the organization is up. It is an organization intended to keep African-Americans in touch with our roots um, through building a pan Africanist network, including sponsoring cultural trips to Africa and fighting against human trafficking and modern day slavery. So well done, Mr. Hansu. I'm sorry I butchered your name. It's me being a dumb American. Um, 
continuing on, Naomi Osaka, who, you know, we are big fans of. We love Naomi Osaka here. She's at it again. She's doing amazing things again. This time, she has just announced a new picture book that will teach children the value of kindness and teamwork. So in earlier this year, she announced um, her own media company, Hanakuma, which is a derivative of the Japanese word for flower bear, which how adorable. Um, that company's mission is to tell diverse stories and create culturally centered content. The book itself is called The Way Champs Play, and it will promote the values of kindness and teamwork, which adorable, <laughs> adorable, cute. You already know. You already know what's going to happen at this house. You already know we're going to get this cop. We're going to get our own copies. Um, so we're very, very excited for that. Finally, Megan the Stallion, who we are also massive fans of over here. We love our Megan the Stallion and we won't tolerate any negative f feedback, press anything about Megan the Stallion over here. She is encouraging her fans to check their mental health with her new resource hub called Bad Bitches Have Bad Days 2.com. Literally all that. I will have that link in the show notes. Um, the site includes more than 20 resource links for those looking for support for their mental health journeys. Uh, there are therapy platforms, mental health texts and helplines, resource directories, and specific resource, resource links for black women, men, and LGBTQIA plus community members. The site also includes animated video for an animated video for her song, Anxiety, as well as a locator for therapists near you and a text message group where you can sign up for updates. I'm reading all these stories from this site because of them we can. You know, we love because of them we can over here. And so, yeah, check your mental health. Bad bitches have bad days too, dot com. This is not an ad. This is, I'm probably going to head on over there myself. Um, and that is this week's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Please do not forget. Please do not forget to leave a rating for this show. Um, drop five stars. Um, and if you can leave some words, leave a kind comment. Let folks know what you think about the show. You're coming back every week to listen. So obviously you like it. Take just two minutes and just let the folks know why you like it. And, um, encourage them to listen as well i appreciate it um i told you i have a goal of growing this show and you guys are not disappointing me with that by helping me and talking about it you know but also reviews matter these platforms look at the reviews they look at how engaged the audience is so you know just take a few minutes wherever you're listening to this and let the folks know how you feel about it also if you want to be part of the dopest group of patrons you too can come on over to patreon.com that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Whitney Elise Whitney Elise um and so yeah you can come on over there there's exclusive content I actually just posted something over there um a few days ago and I want to shout our shout out our newest patron our newest patron, Elise Tanner. Thank you so much for joining the dopest group of patrons ever. Um, like I said, you guys can come on over and yeah, we have a little community growing over there and it's, it's dope. We're having a great time. Um, but yeah, thank y'all so much for listening. Thank you for your good vibes. Thank y'all for letting me vent at the top of the show. Like it really means a lot to me that this community is community-ing with me 
Um, I made it a word. You understood it. Uh, so I truly, truly appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank you so much for listening every week. And as always, peace, y'all. Thank you.